0: is john joe cosgrove hey everyone kind of here (laughs) and my guest tonight is santi from the straight shoot podcast welcome sir
1: hello hello and everybody that's watching nice to meet you everybody i'm santi from straight shoot we're maybe gonna talk a little bit of professional wrestling which sort of falls in the world of geekdom i think it has its place in there i think there's definitely a a a debate that can be had if it falls you know within the the world of of geek culture or not
0: 100 percent, man geek culture is a very broad brush it's very much down to uh if you're into something a lot and you guys are very much into uh your wrestling um so before we say kind of start dive into it um tell us about yourself tell us about straight shoot uh what's what's the whole thing
1: for sure. Uh, so Straight Shoot is a uh, fan run wrestling podcast. And that's a big differentiator because most wrestling podcasts that are out there are either run by former professional wrestlers or run by industry insiders. There's very little in the way of um, actual, like fan conducted professional, I guess, if we want to give us that label um, podcasts. Um, yeah, so we're YouTube every audio platform you can think of uh but i guess our our creme de la creme is actually on tiktok which of all places was not the social media i was expecting for anything wrestling related to one be popular and two to i guess have as much of a reach as it's had over the last six months
0: yeah so you, you you've got what like three hundred and. Fifty
1: thousand? Three Yeah, give give or take. Three fifty, three sixty, something like that, that. Like
0: that's 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 a lot of followers, man. Like my my, my dog has a hundred and fifty thousand, I think, for silly stuff, like really pointless things. You know, you it just came out of nowhere and then suddenly you you come down. But three hundred and fifty thousand like how long have you been on TikTok for?
1: Uh six months, actually. Almost exactly six <laughs> months. We started at the at the beginning of uh, of January. It was just uh, my my partner and I, Steve, we decided we were running the podcast for about two months before we started the TikTok, and we were looking for creative ways to try and garner uh, an audience into the wrestling podcast because we were getting around 19 to 50 listens across every every channel. Um, so we decided to start a TikTok where we would do kind of like a wrestling game show trivia type of thing that him and I used to always do when we worked together in an office before the pandemic. We used to do that exact same format just across offices uh, at the gym that we used to work at. We decided to put it on the TikTok. And literally, guys, our first TikTok went viral. It's been right from the get-go. It wasn't like a, a slow build the very first TikTok that we put out, which was a guess the wrestler on a wrestler named Eddie Guerrero overnight was 200,000 views. And we're like, what the hell is going on? Um, yeah, dude, we, <laughs> we, we, did, we didn't work for it
0: for that sort of thing, man. I just can't get it. <laughs>
1: yeah, it literally just happened off the first get go. So I'm one of those. I guess, lucky bastards that doesn't know the grind of TikTok and like having to grow it because it literally happened off the get go. And I acknowledge how lucky that is because I've done YouTube since like 2012 and I know the grind that it takes to grow social media. So I'll, I'll take it in stride. I know we're lucky.
0: It's just it's mad how things just take off though because um like you said you can put on like you can spend like when i first i started tiktok cuz at the time it was during lockdown i was bored uh and i did like stupid sort of uh lip sync things and stuff cuz those are popular people will think those are hilarious i'd spent so much time doing these little sort of kind of these sort of like you know um anchorman things and stuff like that thinking they're absolutely hilarious getting nothing and then one day on a whim I I I showed my d- sleeping and like you know two hundred fifty thousand for two hundred fifty thousand sort of likes and stuff. That's and I was Like what the hell, man? What's going on? It's just out of nowhere. It just suddenly goes. What's your What's your most po- What's your most popular video?
1: Uh, so our actually our most popular videos are usually guess the wrestlers where there's a big twist. Uh so our most popular video I believe has 5 million views uh and it's a guess the wrestler but the wrestler is Mike Tyson where obviously if anybody knows professional sports Mike Tyson is not a professional wrestler he's a boxer but he has a history in professional wrestling he's in the WWE Hall of Fame and was a oh. big part of popularizing WWE in the late 90s in its war against WCW um so we put it out as a guess the wrestler and it went crazy. And part of the reason is because people are in the comments that don't know the true history of Mike Tyson are calling us idiots, saying he's a boxer. He's never been in professional wrestling. He's a boxer. You guys are dumb. You don't know what you're talking about. But really, we actually know a bit more to the point where we are being made <laughs> to look dumb. But really, I mean, hey, anything at the end of the day is views and engagement.
0: Oh, man, like you have some like you had like Abraham Lincoln on there and stuff. <laughs> can,
1: can I can I quickly explain the story of Abraham Lincoln yeah. in professional wrestling? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm not an American, so I don't know American history, but just doing research as like, how can I mess with Steve in this Guess the Wrestler trivia stuff? And I found out that former American president, Abraham Lincoln has a, a amateur wrestling record of 399 wins and one <laughs> loss is a county wrestling <laughs> champion in the united states he invented the wrestling move the choke slam which is used to this day and is in the national wrestling hall of fame wow. these are the type wow. <laughs> like, i think
0: it's like i would call
1: bull- bullshit
0: and that but it's so crazy it's it's gotta be true like you know it's that's mad that's obviously insane. i love right. that though and that, that's the one thing i that's like fantastic. yeah I, that's the one thing i really <laughs> like about your 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 tiktok channel and your pot the thing is the tiktok channel got me onto the podcast after so i started listening to the podcast afterwards but um the tiktoks are just so moorish like i've been in I, I was into wrestling a lot when i was um when i was young all the way up to sort of kind of late 90s and stuff uh brett the hitman heart was my favorite yeah. wrestler to the point um i'm not sure if i can find <laughs> I've got signed glasses from Brett the Hitman Hearts. Um, so his, his sunglasses, and uh, my friend got me a a cameo from him for my fortieth birthday. Wow, basically saying you know I'll, I'll send it to you afterwards, but it's like him basically, um, saying you know there was a time when I went to, i uh, was it. Well, they came to they came to Belfast um and it was the day that John Candy died I can remember and basically Bret Hitman Hart was there, favorite wrestler and you know he gives his sunglasses to somebody when he comes down oh the yeah ring. every was, time every I time I was just like running to the front I was like as a kid I'm like he's gonna give them to me he's gonna give them to me it's definitely gonna be me this time but he gave them to some kid beside me he was in a like a wheelchair and stuff And I was like what well, I was like, oh, darn. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I guess he deserves some more than I do. So I was very upset. And um, all these years passed, and then on my 40th birthday, my mate sort of kind of gave me this um, thing. He sort of gave me this long spiel about, you know, because yeah, he does uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff, and he was talking about wrestling, and, you know, I, he, he was tying it in, the sort of things from my past, and I wasn't really clicking. And he went, oh, I've got a video of one of my mates, and he sort of Sent me this video, and I went that that's Brett that man And then he basically says, you know, uh, you know, it, you know, there was that time when I was in Belfast, and you know, you've always supported me, and uh, you know, and I'm going to support you and stuff. And he sort of kind of gets these glasses out that he signed and stuff, and I was like, holy fuck! And he's just like, you know, <laughs> I didn't get to give them to you that time in Belfast, but here they are now and stuff. And I I literally cried, man. I've never I've never had a more sort of heartfelt um like that's fantastic in my life man i let the floodgates opened and i cried like a baby and i was just like my favorite wrestler giving me the one thing in my entire life that i've always wanted uh is sunglasses and i got them signed and they're like i i yeah it makes me feel emotional now thinking about it and
1: in what what's kind of Crazy about that if if we can tie it into the world of geek culture and why I do believe that professional wrestling falls in that. Uh, aside from the fact that it's got character storylines, it's got canon, it's yeah. got non-canon. um Right, I, I tie that to like a kid that's getting into Star Trek. Right, he's got his own Captain Kirk. Uh, uh, somebody getting into Star Trek in the two thousands, they have their version of Captain Kirk in the nineties, yeah. and and he goes back to different iterations of them your wrestling Captain Kirk is Brett the Hitman Hart, but I know that 20 years from now, somebody is going to be in your position, balling their eyes out over John Cena. Yeah. Man. Over, oh, over, and that's their Captain Kirk of professional yeah, wrestling. They're going to be balling their eyes out over Roman Reigns 40 years from now, right? So I think that that's fantastic. I think that's so cool. And
0: it is, like, so I, I, I can remember, like, massive, like, out of all the wrestling... Because he was literally, I don't know what it was. Like, I remember when it was, it it must have been like SummerSlam. Oh, no, it wasn't, it was Survivor Series. Um, And he was fighting um, Million Dollar Man. And he got Ooh. cheated out of the, he got cheated out of the win. And there's this moment where he's just sitting there, absolutely distraught because he's lost and stuff, you know. And a Million Dollar Man sort of kind of prancing around and stuff. I was like, oh no. And I always quite liked this sort of kind of like you know the underdog sort of you know fighting on sort of thing. And I just you know, I loved him. Um, and I just I've got so many fond memories. And that sort of thing just was like my entire childhood just finally catching up with me. And, you know, just having that one thing. And you're right. I think it is. It's just like having your own sort of, having your own Captain Kirk, having your own sort of Star Wars or whatever. You've got your own wrestler. And it is generational. And that is a very beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm a, I'm a 30. I'm 30. And... For me, my bread heart is John Cena, right? Like when I was 12 years old, like that was the guy. Like I can be 50 years old and I will always have fond memories of my wrestling captain Kirk, John Cena. And I think that's the the beautiful thing about a ge- generational uh, scripted sport like professional wrestling is one, um, you know, they, the people that you idolize, watch and root for will never, um depreciate in value because they're getting older right that's a real sport that's the case right you watch um uh, football baseball american football whatever it may be the older they get the less relevant that they become and there's no emotion there generally isn't an emotional attachment to a professional athlete in their later years when they they're 60 70 years old but there is in professional wrestling like there is an emotional attachment to the guy that or woman that you were emotionally invested in as a kid and you are just emotionally invested in that guy or woman for the rest of your life into adulthood yeah. and that's that's me and john cena and for a lot of people that's the rock a lot of people that's stone cold for you it's Bret the hitman heart uh and with wrestling, that'll never stop, right? Because it just keeps going and going and going.
0: Mm-hmm. The, um, it, I, like, like, there's a lot, John Cena seems to do a lot of good stuff where he goes, sort of visits kids, you know, underprivileged oh, yeah. kids mm-hmm. and stuff. I saw one recently where he, um some, uh, some Ukrainian kids um, who had sort of come over from, you know, he, he uh, can't even remember where exactly what was but he'd obviously been uh, uh um oh god what's the word uh evacuated from the ukraine yes because of the
1: war. yeah and, and he evac- was in. they were in maripol like in the middle of it yeah, like yeah. the the worst part of the war zone
0: yeah and and he went to visit them and stayed with them ate cake sort of like you know and stuff like that man you know is really yeah. you know it's and it's not just one-off, because you'd think, you know, oh, maybe it's just a publicity Mm-mm. a or something, Because, but I've seen so many videos where he's done similar things, and it's just like, that must be just who he is as a guy it, and
1: stuff. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And look, like, one time, I'll buy that it's a publicity stunt, over 600 times? Not a chance. Mm. That's something, like, the guy that he just enjoys doing. Just for context, for people that, that are listening that may not know the full story, this family the boy has down syndrome and he cannot talk. He's, he's a non communicative um, fellow with down syndrome and his parents told him that they were, cause he couldn't understand why they were being forced to flee. His parents told him that they are going on an adventure to meet John Cena, which is just to keep him motivated. Yeah. And they eventually got refuge in Amsterdam and John Cena got a hold of the story and he was filming a movie in Europe and he's just like lunchtime. It takes an hour to get there. He just went to meet the guy. Like that's that that's just not publicity at that point, especially like when you're that big and that famous. Like you don't need it. That is clearly just something that he enjoys and gets personal fulfillment from.
0: I think that's uh, you you know people who do that um, again because just because they can, and they, it's not the publicity. It's just because they they're that sort of person, you know. And you can generally tell. It's like you know over over the years and stuff. I've met sort of kind of uh famous people and stuff from conventions and, and things like that and some of them have just been assholes stuff but you can tell the people who are genuinely sort of kind of good people by what they do outside of their day job and stuff so doing things like that is it's just quite wonderful and it, it's it you can tell he gets quite emotional as well i've seen some other videos and stuff where he's talking to people and these kids they see them and his face their faces light up and you know. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Um so I you know, it, I feel sort of you know, as much as I've not watched wrestling in in, in a long time. I, I've not sort of kept um a sort of um as much of a, a torch for it as as yourself and Steve and stuff. I still sort of kind of go back and forth and I watch the stories about these new wrestlers and oh, what wow. they're doing and I watch the um I watch the sort of documentaries and things like that and you know it's it's it is a beautiful
1: yeah and and you know what like stopping watching wrestling i think is something that every wrestling fan at some point goes through um i went through the phase of not watching wrestling because i'm too i'm too old for this i don't want to watch this anymore and then you get old enough where you're like i don't care how old i am this is awesome (laughs) Uh, why why did i care in grade eight whether people knew that I was watching professional wrestling I'm an idiot this is all, like who cares how old I am and I think I've I've become about like that. Uh, In just about every facet of things that I love, Um, I guess, to give you context into the things that I'm into, I'm a Twitch streamer and have been since 2004. I I, I was one of the first 100 partners on Twitch. So, like, I've been streaming for a really, really long time. I have a Twitch channel that's got 70,000 followers. I stopped streaming on that because I forgot the password. So I started (laughs) I started a new one entirely to see if I can regrow it and, and see if I can make lightning strike twice on Twitch i digress um but what sort of
0: these are things stri- st- what sort of games do you uh, stream uh
1: so i actually just went through a nine month uh self-torture situation where i played nothing but from software games so <laughs> dark souls bloodborne oh, no. i played all of them Come i played down. all of them uh, and i've beaten all of them and i'm so proud of it but all of them i i, I have gray hairs that i didn't have before
2: <laughs> i will say that oh,
1: i will i will say that um <laughs> I,
2: my i will have to go I was just gonna say if you've played all the Souls Balls games, have you then completed Elden Ring as well?
1: So that's the one I'm saving. Um I'm saving this for July, August. I'm gonna give myself some time to play it, but I cannot go from playing Sekiro, which is arguably the hardest one, uh, into playing another from software game. I'm like, no, I'm gonna play some <laughs> I'm gonna play some freaking Mario or something. Like I need <laughs> I, I need a mental break from these yes, games like, because
2: that's what i'm playing that's what i was
1: playing that's precisely what i was playing um but yeah so like streaming is not something i'm ashamed of telling people anymore um i am and i will brag about it to this day i'm a top one percent knowledge on the world of game of thrones books and tv series i i arguably believe that there's very few people that know more than i do i've
2: Oh, I, oh, please do not, please do not challenge Matt. I'm just no. Let's, let no, let's talk. Out. I love
1: to talk Game of Thrones with people. Oh, not man. a challenge. If we can talk Game of Thrones. I oh, will man, talk Game can, of Thrones. Oh. I, I've yeah. read
0: all the books. Um, yeah. And um, it, it's filmed basically in my backyard in Northern Ireland. My sisters in the second series. Oh a yes. My, a yeah. lot of my friends are um, have been extras in it and stuff. One of my mates was the second uh, AD. Um um for a lot of it. Um, so like pretty much everybody if you're from Northern Ireland, you know people who've been in it and stuff like that. Um, but uh yeah, I, I read all the books before this the series came out because my sister was like, So they're filming something in Red Hall, which is where my mum my lives and stuff. It's like they're filming this thing called Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was like, I've heard of that. And I went out, I checked out the books, I heard it had Sean Bean in it, and I was just like, Oh yeah, Sean Bean's my man i got to watch this shit. Not, and not and sure, yeah, he's going to die. Yeah, he's going to die. <laughs> that guy's going to die. Yeah, it's like my, my dog's called Boromir, so it's just like, you know, it's just, you know, Sean Bean's <laughs> my, my man. But uh, I started watching I read the books in, I read fi- all five books in a month, um, and I think I read the last sort of kind of three on holiday, and um, yeah, it, it is the most devastatingly brilliant series of books Oh, I Lord of the Rings! Couldn't agree explaining. more. all massive Lord of the Rings fan but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we can talk no, about Game of Thrones afterwards. Oh, yeah. Then, we'll, oh, we'll move we definitely on to we have Thrones. to. We we'll have when we've done the wrestling, we'll move on to Game of Thrones. I'm not sure if I'll oh. know as much as you will, uh but we, we we can kind of go into that. Um, with the, I was going to say something. Yeah, sorry. We were talking about your TikToks, and I went off on a bloody tangent about my my life and crying and stuff like that. Um, but. They're so Moorish. The what you do, even for people like me who haven't seen wrestling in a long time, it's just it's something that you just sit there and you can't help but watch every time one of your videos up. And like, not not, I have not skipped one of your videos. Like, it, they're they're so Moorish. And the thing is, they make you want to sort of kind of learn a bit more about it and stuff. Um, and I like, you know, I one of my mates and one of the groups, here, and he's into this sort of kind of um and independent wrestling and stuff like that so he's really into this like going to these sort of backyard type things and stuff and um he's always going on about documentaries and stuff so i've started watching uh what's the one um behind uh, the dark side of the ring yeah man dark side of the ring and all the stuff you know some of the some of the really crazy shit that's happened to yeah. some of the old so, the old wrestlers and stuff like that and i find that super interesting
1: yeah there's a you know there's a big debate in the wrestling community as to like whether or not "Dark side of the Ring is good or bad for wrestling fans, right? um in the In the sense that like it it doesn't add any value to what you're seeing on screen every week it's It's added context to what's going on behind the scenes, but here's the problem. The problem with wrestling is that, well, there, it's not the problem with wrestling. The problem with Dark Side of the Ring is that it's telling you the story of the man. But what people watch and what people fall in love with is the character. Yeah. So it, it, it's this dichotomy of like, okay, I would like to know more about what's going on in the in the world of professional wrestling. But I'm learning that this person that plays this character that is so fun and great to watch on television is a giant piece of trash <laughs> in his real life right? So it's this, like, do, do we need this? Do we need to know more about this? And then, you know, there were some stories coming out about, like, some wrestlers um, doing things like sexual harassment and stuff. Like, that's important to know. Like, people should know about that stuff. Yeah. But then there's the other side of, like, wrestlers being addicted to drugs. Why is that any of our business? Right? So mean- that, that's the, like, is it, is it good for the audience to know about all this stuff?
2: Oh, but it's, it's one of those, sorry, John Joffar, right? Okay. no, I was just going to say um, talking about all these things all these um stories outside of the wrestling um i I've, I've not watched wrestling properly since about two thousand and four two thousand and five, but in the last couple of years I've watched a lot of documentaries so um Owen Hart's one was quite a uh, um, well, quite upsetting really to get through um Chris Benoit's story was also yeah. another one that came up um China as well you know okay they're not they're not supposed to be heartwarming stories but when you read some of these i know these are very isolated incidents compared to you know the majority of people you see in wwe acw all these all this side of the wrestling but watching these stories it i don't know it almost brings it back that you do remember that these people are just human like you yes. you know they are yeah. still people that is and a- um Sorry, yeah. sorry, John, John, I, I'm interrupting you. No, I, no, no was just beside.
0: It. That that is it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, I the, what's the funny you said that. So my, um, there was an ill-fated convention here a few years back called uh, Blackpool Comic Con, and the guy who did it got a load of wrestlers, pro wrestlers, in. So you had Diesel and uh, Mick Foley. Um, you had um, oh, what's his name? Um, Booker T. Um, you had a load of sort of other ones. And the most heartbreaking and the most, one of the most lovely guys, Mick Foley. Um, but he, he was an awesome guy. Like the, the the convention got absolutely, you know, it it fell apart. A load of people lost a lot of money. He didn't pay the wrestler, he didn't pay some of the guests and things like that. Um, but apparently Mick Foley went uh, to a local family in Blackpool and stuff and just stayed with them. And I, and it was just so real. It was so cool. But when I met him, he could barely walk, man. Like, he was literally getting, like, you know, we had to help sort of, I helped out sort of move them from one area to another. So there's me with these huge guys. And then Mick Foley, who's like, his knees were gone. And he was just sort of, he was just not who you see. Or have seen on on the TV, and it was quite sad because you know, it, you know, it, it's the reality of the yeah. thing. There's like, you know, what's on TV and what the reality is. Um, lovely guy though, absolutely lovely guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um the the wrestling documentaries, some of them, uh, there is a sort of quite a dark edge to them, and it sort of mm-hmm. comes comes into that whole. So yeah, yeah it's like music so you've got like um should you listen to a band if you know that the uh like the sinners are racist or he's uh he's a pedophile or he's thinking does that affect the music and it's a similar thing if they're dickheads and they're bad people should they should be supported in their art form and it's like what comes first Mm -hmm. art or reality um and there's that there's always that debate now i i'm very much the sort of view that if somebody's a dickhead in real life, I find it hard to sort of kind of like their, you know, their, their things. So Mm -hmm. for example, uh, I'm a massive metal fan. I love metal and stuff. And uh, I used to be hugely into Pantera and stuff. And then obviously, um, miss, uh, Phil Anselmo started doing white, you know, uh, white pride salutes and stuff like that as gigs and things. And I was like, fuck that guy, man. I'm not sort of.
1: Now, uh, what, what I was going to say is that unfortunately professional wrestling has, the best example of what you're talking about. In fact, I would say that professional wrestling is split into into two timelines. There's the time before the Chris Benoit uh, murder suicides, and the time after the Chris Benoit murder yeah. suicide. So the Chris Benoit situation, w- which you know we don't we I, we probably shouldn't get too deep into because I'm not an expert in it, is Chris Benoit by all accounts, in terms of his in ring skill his accomplishments, everything that he did in the business, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. But what he did that one day, which was not just end his own life, but was to end the life of two people that had nothing to do with his pains, right? A beautiful child, his wife, There, there's your best example of like, where do you like where do you fall like do you fall in the camp of well you know like what he did on screen and everything that he did as a professional wrestler we need to celebrate or do you fall in the camp which is where like 99.9 percent of wrestling fans fall of uh we cannot even acknowledge this man's existence um Mm. what he did is so atrocious that we can't even we can't even begin to think of him as a wrestler anymore
2: i think Yeah, i think that is a good point you know cuz cause, um, cause Chris Benoit I used to I mean that was back when I used to really yeah. love WWF you know he was he was like the main guy you know this was this was the uh, in some ways he was almost at one point the underdog cuz he just sort of like exploded onto the scene he became That's his, his character. Champion. Yeah. Yeah and he and yeah you know, he just took over and then just um I remember I can't remember what show it was I think it might have been Smackdown he was on and um this was I think his second to last Show on WWF, and um, he had this fantastic fight. And you know, everyone was bigging him up, and they were putting together. I I think it might, I can't remember if it was SummerSlam or there there was one of the big pay per view ones that were coming up, and they were advertising in there saying, Oh, yeah, you don't want to miss this big fight. And then I think the next week, I remember it like the show pretty much got cancelled, and it was a it was basically a clip show, there was just um, it was just like highlights from earlier in the year and then at the end of that episode they said um that things have been in the news we've um many of you probably are aware of the situation with chris benoit um and we just want to know like we just want you to know that you know we do um we like we we are supporting people that are affected by this we are yeah. working with his family with all this stuff and um and you know when when you see that obviously it's what how do you address that? How do you address the idea that, you know, you're like one of your top build people, like someone who is more or less carrying your show has gone off and done this? And as you say, yeah. you know, ninety-nine percent of people have gone, Yeah, okay, um, I'm now gonna write this guy off completely out of my mind. And it's a way of saying I look at it as you you don't forget what you had from this guy, because he was a fantastic wrestler, he was a great performer, he had such massive charisma on the screen. But at the same time, it's like if anyone does it, anything happens with someone that you know dilutes or you know just mud- muddies up that image. You, you are going to find it hard to separate the performer from the art. Yeah. And, um And you know, as you say, it's not it's not just him. It's happened with many different people, but it also in many different areas. Yeah, you know, it's not just wrestling. You know, TV, film, as Matt said, music as well. Um, it's just yeah, it happens it's... in everyday life, and it's just remembering. At the end of the day, these people are human, you know, and these things do happen. I think it's it it it's one of these things
0: where you get a lot of people who get very upset when you bring politics, when you bring stuff like that into gaming, into um, you know music, into things like that. It's just oh, it's you know why, why are we talking about this? That this isn't anything to do with. Um, that what we're into, and you get it a lot in sort of when Black Lives Matter came by, and when you had things like that, people didn't want to hear about it and stuff. Uh, it was just very much a case of, um, you know, this this isn't to do with my hobby, this isn't to do with my thing and stuff. I I don't want to hear about it and stuff. In my personal view, my personal opinion, by all means, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong for if anybody has a different opinion to me, but I think if you ignore the bad stuff, you're you're basically sort of i'm not no i'm not saying you're part of the problem you're 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 just sort of ignoring the reality of the situation and stuff, you're not a
1: you're just not a part of the solution yeah. i think is the yeah is the yeah. better way to put it yeah and you, you know like um I, I, the way, so let me tell you, uh, JoJo, um, just like how actually WWE addressed it, because um, you, you, you told the story, but there, it's worse than that. So he died on Sunday. No one knew what happened, and then on Monday yeah. they did a tribute show to him, talking about yeah. how amazing he was, all of yeah. his matches, all of his careers. Only for literally an hour after the show went off the air, to find out that it was a murder suicide. The next week, yeah. the uh, the chairman of the WWE, Vince McMahon, who in storyline was dead, by the way. So he went on screen. He died in storyline. His limousine blew really? up. That's just, that's just the world of professional I,
2: wrestling. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah I remember. his
1: limousine blew up. And, and, and his limousine blew up <laughs> the week before the the Chris Benoit stuff. And then he dropped that storyline, came on, on camera, addressed it in he said we are never going to acknowledge this man's existence ever again and to this date they haven't so here's the thing i think that i'm i'm a reasonable person um it, i'm willing to okay like if you are this artist doesn't matter what it is that you do um if you have a tainted history of something that you've done i rational i don't rationalize your decisions I rash I I weigh how bad it is the things that you did. Are you mean to your coffee people? Are you mean to the to your assistants? Are you a giant dickhead who is <laughs> you know like okay, I'm I'm I probably wouldn't like you in real life, but I'm not going yeah. to I'm not going to stop enjoying your work. Oh, yeah. But then there's the line in the sand, That's, right? The yeah. where you're so far like a Chris Benoit or you know you, you the, a pedophile or anything that's just, I i rationalize, like, that's too far. I'm done enjoying anything that you do. I make that decision that way.
0: Well, you see, you have, like, uh, you, I'm not sure, you'll never, maybe, you might have seen, there's a documentary on Netflix, actually. Uh, it's about a guy called Jimmy Savile, uh, who is a, a, he was basically a children's entertainer in the UK. And he did this thing called Jim will fix it. So basically what he would do is, uh Kids would write in and say, "Jim, will you fix it for me to meet, you know, a wrestler, or 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 go on Concord, or do stuff?" And he would sort it out. But and and he was pretty much um, he was massive here for years on the BBC from the sort of sixties all the way up to sort of kind of the two thousands. And it and he died, and um, they had a tribute to him and everything, and then it started coming out that he was a notorious pedophile and he was basically um now there is there is a doc it might be on Netflix I'm not sure if it'll be in on, yeah. on, on in Canada or not but if he, if it is there you should you should give it a watch um but basically there's always been stuff there he was always a weird guy but because people went, oh, he's just a bit quirky and stuff like, and he would say weird shit, and people would interview him, and he would sort of say things that were just slightly odd, and he'd walk around with sort of kind of like string vests on, and he was old and and just grim looking and stuff, and he'd touch women, and he did a th- he used to f- um thing called Top of the Pops, and he used to sort of like always uh, touch up girls and that and stuff, and one of his best mates with Gary Glitter, he was a fucking paedophile as well, um and this whole thing was that people didn't face up to it or they went, well, it's, it's, it doesn't matter what he does in the, you know, in the in back door, in the back door, as long as he's sort of, you know, he's been a nice guy and he, he did a lot for charity. So he, he did a lot for hospitals. He did a lot for things, but so people just ignored all the weird stuff he was doing. And then it got to the point, he literally, he either molested or indecently assaulted or like 500, mm-hmm. 600 kids, um, boys and girls. And it's got to the point where it it all came out. Loads of people came forward. um, The BBC had to do an apology and stuff. um, And it got to the point where they literally had to get rid of his gravestone and stuff like that because people were just going, right, they they wanted to literally rob him out of existence and stuff. And I think what really upset a lot of people over here was the fact that he went on and died of natural causes without any repercussions whatsoever and nobody challenged him. Yeah. it's horrible absolutely horrible and that's because people were very much the case of yeah well what what he does in the background and what art, the art is are completely two different things and that's think where you have yeah. an issue when like you said if he was just a dickhead he was just a bit weird it'd be all right but what people knew he was up to things people yeah. would do jokes about it and stuff like that and you'd see sort of old interviews about it and nobody yeah. did anything about
1: it a bill cosby situation right I'm like Is it really justice when you're sending, like, a 90-year-old, like, man that basically is incoherent to jail, like... No, he 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 won. He basically got away with all of the terrible things that he did. He basically did. Now that being said, you know we talked about dark side of the ring and some of the bad things in professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is like 99.9% amazing. Uh, It's mostly good stuff. I just want to clarify if anybody (laughs) is is new to, to the world of professional wrestling. But what's interesting is you know like that that. That, that moment in time, the, the, the Chris Benoit situation really changed the way of professional wrestling. Those guys that were in professional wrestling before that are your Mick Foley's, these guys that are just decrepit because they, were, they had to do so much more. The, it was the, the, the type of time period where if you were hurt, you took painkillers and you didn't tell anybody because if Ooh. you didn't work, you didn't get paid. Is essentially how WWE contracts were before um the situation with Chris Benoit. After that, there were all sorts of um of safety protocols put in, uh, health and wellness policies so that people aren't abusing um drugs that are not prescribed, etc. And now guys in professional wrestling are they're, they're physical actors that are not having to put their bodies as Frequently in a place of harm, as much as they did in the time of Mick Foley. Accidents still happen. There's a guy named Big E, I, 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 who is a very lovable WWE superstar, who recently broke his neck on a basic move, on like the most basic of moves that he's probably done a hundred million times. That's the nature of physical acting, right? It can happen at any moment.
2: I'm just because I've seen this advertised as well. Because you're talking about. You know different contracts now for these wrestlers. Mm. Um, is it because uh, I've seen that apparently that Ric Flair, who is well into his sixties, he's doing a comeback fight soon. Still, Th- that, and that that to me, it's that ludicrous. Just astounds me that because I remember watching wrestling, thinking, "My God, he's like fifteen to twenty years older than everyone else already in the ring," but now he's coming back at such an age. But Joe, I'd love to see him fight some twenty-year-old wrestler just to <laughs> just to really. I'm
1: I'm gonna watch it because it's a freak show. It shouldn't be happening, yeah. but I'm gonna watch it. I need to see wh- what what the seventy-plus-year-old man is planning yeah. on doing in the ring. I need to see it.
0: It's, it's, it's mad, man. It's just like you know. I thought like Hulk Hogan was wrestling way way past his sort of prime and stuff. It was just like you know, you know. <laughs> thinking about you you sort of kind of think back in the day Hulk Hogan's finishing maneuver was a leg drop and I was just so like he just basically lifted his leg on somebody and then um he had all these new wrestlers and stuff were doing mass like power bombs and stuff like that I was just like it doesn't
1: it doesn't matter but that's the that's the beauty of this being a scripted sport where both actors in the ring are trying to keep each other safe um you know one of the most um athletically gifted and most popular wwe superstars is brock lesnar and the man is like 46 and he is in better shape than most 20 year olds that i know but any sport at 46 it doesn't exist like you don't play at 46 it just no you're you're a manager right you're you're a coach but if you play american football you're lucky to make it past 27 that's the the beauty of professional wrestling yeah these guys can go on forever rick flair is (laughs) apparently coming back yeah it's it's i still like
0: what's the what's the view on sort of because like I, i have watched some of these documentaries and it's stuff you know like uh, like Andre, the one by Andre the Giant, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and stuff, and they're all like obviously died early. Um, and you know stuff about Hulk Hogan and uh, yeah. you know this this the, you know uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, who was basically just a drug-addled sort of uh, mess of a, a person. Um, hmm. is that just that there was there literally a point where wrestling drove them to that, or 100%. was that just them as characters?
1: no it's it's both it's both i think it's the person and the and what they had to do night in and night out right um so i mentioned that moment in time right like the chris benoit before and after every guy you just listed is a before chris benoit type situation um the you know i mentioned the positive of being a professional wrestler being that you can go into your 40s into your 50s and in some extreme cases your 60s and do this but you have to do this three hundred nights a year. They travel all over the place. Damn right? they do they. Do. Most of the shows that these guys do are not televised. Right now, like the WWE, yeah, they've got the two televised shows, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown. And if you're not like a fan in the know, you might not be aware that they have four more shows in between that where they're traveling to smaller towns around where those big shows are doing what's called house shows, where they're wrestling without it being televised. So they actually wrestle 300 plus days a year. So when you are in a situation where you're a Jake the Snake Roberts, you're a macho man, or any of those guys, and you get hurt, you tear a tendon in your arm. You're, you have two choices. Your choice at the time was not wrestle for six months, not get paid, potentially get fired, and if you don't get fired, You might get what's a professional wrestling term buried where you get pushed so far down the card where you don't get TV time anymore. And that's the end of your wrestling career. That's option one, which most guys did not opt for option two was pump yourself full of drugs, drink a ton of alcohol, numb the pain, deal with it and put yourself through it over and over and over again, every night, 300 plus nights a year. It's it, it was a cutthroat time in professional wrestling in the 90s and 80s, mm. and we are seeing the mm. damages now, Yeah, especially oh, with social media being all over the place, right? Um. Not sure how much you guys know about a wrestler who recently passed away named Scott Hall, yeah. uh, a.k.a. Razor Ramon. Yeah. The man was a mess. He was it, incoherent. He could barely talk. He eventually it, got his life together.
0: Wasn't he with da- didn't Diamond knowledge- that Diamond yes. Dallas Page, he did sort of all, all that sort of uh, stuff with him, didn't they?
1: Diamond Dallas Page saved his life. Yeah. That man was yeah. in a wheelchair, incoherent, drunk all the time, on Percocets. Diamond Dallas Page convinced him to turn his life around by doing yoga, just yeah. getting active and moving, and turned his life around. But and, and that man was a shell of a human because of all of the drugs and all the addiction that comes obviously with doing drugs from his decisions to have to move forward with the next show even though you have a concussion even though you have a torn ligament in your shoulder ah i you know what i'm gonna take three oxys and deal with it the next time it's gonna take five oxys and then it keeps going and spiraling out of control. That was professional wrestling in the nineties and now it's such a squeaky clean world because the WWE is really trying to emulate Disney uh, in terms of being able to create really marketable, marketable people, right? And being able to treat the this talent in a way that allows them to be able to perform 300 plus nights a year in a healthy manner, while being able to be super marketable and super likable, um, requires a lot of effort from the company, which we didn't have in the 80s and 90s. Yeah.
2: Um, I was just going to say, um, just to let's let's um, go back onto a bit of positive. Um, so, a lot of wrestlers now, in particular, um, you know, because where a lot of wrestling is acting, you know, they are putting on a show. Um the amount of wrestlers that are now becoming almost just as well known for taking TV and film roles as well as the rest is fantastic. Um, you know, just for examples, obviously John Cena at the moment, um being Peacemaker, bloody awesome. Um mm-hmm. The Rock, just in pretty much everything. Um, even even Goldberg, you know, in in the TV show The Goldbergs he's fantastic in have, that playing uh, it, is it
0: the longest yeah. yard uh adam sandler's remake of the the longest yard yeah and you get the amount of wrestlers in that in that film oh yes oh
1: yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. that movie that movie is a wrestling is is a wrestling homage yeah even <laughs> though it's not it has nothing to do with wrestling that <laughs> is arguably the most famous movie in the professional wrestling community
2: yeah yeah love that film <laughs> that is a great movie <laughs> Yeah, Joe, it's just great to see all these guys because I think in a way as well, them going on to do these acting roles, it's almost like a positive reflection because, you know, you mostly see these guys from WWE, WCW, you know, all these different areas. They go and do a big film, even like, you know, Dave Batista. you know, yeah. he's one of the biggest actors in the world now. And yeah. if you looked at him 10 years ago, people would have gone, nah, he, he, wouldn't, be a, he wouldn't be a movie star. And the, He's done Guardians of the Galaxy. He's done Blade Runner sequel. He's done James countless Bond. comedy Bond, movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, countless comedy movies now as well. And you know, more people now know him for acting than they were wrestling, which is hundred percent
1: great. hundred percent agreed. Um, and you know, like there is, it's almost considered a rite of passage where the most um, famous professional wrestler eventually becomes a movie star. Hulk Hogan was the first one. The Rock did yeah. it um john cena's doing it uh roman reigns is on his way to hollywood batista um but what's cool now is that it's no longer reserved to the most famous people there's other smaller characters within wwe that are getting roles in hollywood like sasha banks in the mandalorian is a great example um so i yeah there's there's a lot of crossover these days between professional wrestling and geek culture, which I think is awesome.
0: Did, did WWE get a cut of that? Is, is, it, do you reckon, is it in their contract that if they become movie stars that they, because they need them? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. Um, yes. So they would get a portion of Sasha Banks's contract. Um, in fact, um, an interesting fact um, that maybe you didn't know is that uh, the WWE gets a cut of everything John Cena does. Everything. Ooh. Everything. Now <laughs> and, and John Cena says he's actually super glad to give it. Like I'm assuming it's probably not that big if he's not if he's fine with it. Um, but the reason is because WWE owns the trademark to the name John Cena, and mm-hmm. he is using the name John Cena mm-hmm. um across that's, everything that's, that he 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 does. Yeah. The why, rock
2: why actually using the rock.
1: Actually, the rock uh negotiated to be able to use the rock whenever he wants to
2: all right okay he,
1: he doesn't anymore he goes as Dwayne Johnson but there was a moment in his career in his Hollywood career where he was always Dwayne the Rock Johnson um and he actually negotiated the rights to be able to use his name in everything that he did
0: he seems uh, what do you think of him do you think is he a genuine do you think he's a genuine a genuine sort of person or more to do with publicity
1: I I think that he is a, he's a genuine guy. I had a I, I met The Rock when I was like eight. He's one of my heroes. Um, and I mean my interaction with him as a kid was really good. Um, I would in professional wrestling he's beloved. Um, in in almost every regard, he also comes from a a long family where his dad his grandparents his nephews his nieces his cousins they're all in professional wrestling so when it comes professional wrestling fans love the rock uh i i'm not sure what the general sentiment of him is uh, with fans that are not fans of him in professional wrestling but i think the dude's a fairly genuine guy from what i can tell but i don't know i've never talked to him that deeply
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's a what's what's the film um uh, it's basically about a wrestling family in. Oh, what's it called? oh, in fighting, oh not without in my family. family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fighting with my family, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he got. What was That's... it? Because he, he was watching a documentary about this family when he was in
2: London. Paige. And then. Yeah, Paige and her family. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's... yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was really funny, that movie. Yeah. And. Um... You know what the um the the one that plays her Florence Pugh obviously now that's another person who is just everywhere and that was that film was basically a big break so yeah I'm surprised that Paige any more movies as well because I think she's done a bit of acting too
1: or seen yeah something, or something well P- Paige is is big on Twitch uh she's hmm. she's a twitch streamer and she actually recently just left the wwe even though she hadn't wrestled in almost a decade because of injuries but she was still under contract with them um like literally like yesterday uh she's no longer part of wwe maybe that means that we'll see her in in movie roles moving forward
2: yeah.
0: um okay um we'll move on from wrestling uh what is your uh what is your thing um, actually, no, actually, there was one question I was going to ask. You said like, you know, you, you, you know, when you were, you got to a certain age and you're just like, Oh, I don't want I don't watch wrestling. You know, that's, that's childish and stuff. Obviously girls were probably involved. And you're like, I don't watch wrestling. I'm a cool <laughs> guy. What, what age was it when you decided you just went, fuck it. Um, do you remember the moment where you went, you know what? I don't give a shit. This is, yes, who I, am. This is what I, like. I literally
1: remember the moment. Yeah. The moment was my first day of uni. Um, when I met my flatmate who was a bigger nerd than me and I'm like, I can be myself. (laughs) I like, this is it. And then from there, like literally it just. Uh, it, it changed my perspective on anything. It's like, why Why do I... Okay, like, why would I want to date you if you are all pissy about me liking Game of Thrones? Yeah, Obviously, yeah. we wouldn't jive. I'd probably rather date somebody that likes Game of Thrones. So, like, I started to realize that, like, my hobbies and the things that I'm passionate about are something that... I'm not saying that whoever I'm with or the, my friends should be passionate about it, but, like, they shouldn't ridicule me about it. They shouldn't uh, ostracize me about it. And... Um, and I realized that, like, once I had that mentality, I started surrounding me, surrounding myself with people that I liked a hell of a lot more mm-hmm. than I did through throughout high school. And it was literally that moment um, where he snuck his face like uh, he he. we had this divider wall when we just moved in and he sneaks his head and he's just like, do you want to play Mortal Kombat? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Fuck yeah, I want to play Mortal <laughs> yeah, Kombat. Yeah. And I, and you know what? I think a lot of people go through that in college where they finally find themselves and realize that like, you know, all that bullshit from high school and all of the, like the, the dumb social mind games that you were forced to play it be, you know, between the ages of 14 and 18 are so stupid and irrelevant. And, you know, once you, you know, once you get out of that, you can really just be yourself and, and celebrate the things that you like rather than, um, than, hiding them right
0: yeah it's very it's very very liberating um like our our motto for the website is don't hide it wear it uh it's just very much sort of like you just you are wow. you are and that's uh, like, but it's like for me i had two sort of things so i was i was into sort of like heavy metal and rock music and stuff like that and growing up in, a, in my school you know we, we played rugby and you went to clubs and you didn't listen to rock music and stuff you're very much you, you listen to crappy dance music and things cool. like that and i was just like so i did that for ages because you know Girls, uh, and stuff, and then I real I hit about seven sixteen. Um, I found a bunch of mates who were really into that sort of thing, and then it all clicked in. And I was like, "Oh my god, I can be myself. I can be, I can listen to the music I wanted to listen." But even within that subgroup, and I remember even into university. I was, I've always been a nerd, always been a nerd. My dad was, we always gamed, we, you know, played board games, uh, painted miniatures and stuff, you know, I was in the games workshop stuff from day dot, and um, even then, I remember I started up, up a wargaming society with some couple of, and my friends ripped this shit out of me for it, and, they, and it literally, I got, I, I was in university, I was getting absolutely hounded to the point where I... I distanced myself from it all because I felt like, oh, I don't want to be sort of ostracized from the, the, the my cool friends, even though we weren't the cool guys because we were into sort of that sort of music and stuff. Um, but I remember sort of getting to a point when I was slightly older and I was sort of like hiding stuff from girlfriends and things and then maybe hoping that they might not realize, you know, what? I'd had some cabinets full of sort of geeky stuff and you know they i I was in a band i had tattoos and you know i was i was doing all this sort of kind of inverted commas cool stuff and then i was like oh but i'm a bit of a nerd as well i, I kind of like star wars and i kind of like lord of the rings and they'd be like oh as long as it's not too much and then i wasn't finding anybody who was making me happy because they just weren't into the same sort of things and i remember one day i was in the games workshop and back in the day Uh, they realized that people didn't want to sort of kind of be known to be buying stuff from them so um, they would give you bags that were blank instead of the Games Workshop logo bag and stuff and the guy turned around to me and went do you just want a normal bag to carry that stuff in because I'd sort of get snuck in and you know was looking around at me nervously and I just at that moment I went nah man just give me the logo bag and I took the logo bag I walked out And I went, this is who I am. I don't give a fuck who, 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 who who cares about this and stuff. And then this is who I am. This is what I love. This is what makes me happy. And if people can't deal with that, then that's their problem. And I remember, and I started Geek Pride the next day. I started the website the next day and I just went, that's it. This is who I am. And I felt a lot better about it ever since.
1: I'm, dude, I'm so with you. Um, there is somebody that I know. I- I'm not going to mention names, uh, but he started a Call of Duty channel in 2009. And in 2009, he grew this Call of Duty channel to around 25,000 subscribers. For context, I would argue that 25,000 subscribers in 2009 is probably the equivalent of like 2 million nowadays. Yeah. It was really difficult to get subscribers back then. There was no money in it. Yeah. He got recruited to be part of a Call of Duty team called Phase. I don't know if that rings the bell with yeah, anybody, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. they are yeah. now they're a huge esports organization, yeah. the biggest esports organization. And he quit a year into his affiliation with Phase because someone at his high school found his YouTube channel and made fun of him for it. So he deleted all of his videos and stopped making YouTube. And he looks back on it being one of, well, first of all, I could have been a millionaire being that early on in YouTube with phase, he would have been a millionaire, like no, ifs ands or buts. And he stopped because he was a 14 year old kid. That was it. That was made insecure because of his hobbies, which is so incredibly heartbreaking. Right.
0: Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. it's, I think now with the advent of social media of, programs like Big Bang Theory and even in Stranger Things and stuff they play in D&D and stuff like even you know I've got friends from back in Northern Ireland who are not nerds in any shape or form who are talking about playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that because they're seeing these things and it's more acceptable now obviously there a lot of geek culture is becoming a bit more less of a pariah less of a taboo more of us like all right maybe it's okay uh, gaming in general has come on leaps and bounds now and stuff. I don't think people bat an eyelid when you talk about gamers to the point actually, where I was at a there's a there's a thing called EGX in uh in the UK and it's like a massive gaming convention. Um, and uh, we were doing some interviews and stuff like that, and uh, I started talking to this fella who was a big sort of I can't remember his name, but um, he was like quite big on um Call of Duty. And he refused to accept that he was a geek. He was like, I'm not I'm not, man. I'm am uh, just I'm just It's was like, dudes, you are and he's just like, Well, I'm not. It's like we're it's all we're all the same, man. You know, this this sort of attitude isn't isn't helping mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's just like you are, you're into something, you've got a massive channel, you're into these things, but you wouldn't accept it and stuff, you know. It's just sort of but mm-hmm. it, because it's been normalized so much that they don't sort of it's just like well, gaming's just a normal thing. It's like watching football or playing fantasy. Fantasy football and stuff like that, and it's like it's just a thing. Um, so there's still ground to be made, I think, but it is becoming a bit more acceptable to be a, a nerd. But, like, uh, you know, being a single man and sort of dating and being a nerd is, uh, is hard. Uh, because you get women who go as soon as they're they're all they're all cool because oh you got tattoos you're cool you do this and then then suddenly you kind of go yeah but I'm into Star wars and Game of Thrones and I collect you know figures and like board games and um I've got all kinds of crazy stuff and they just sort of zoop, just not interested just gone
1: yeah gone. no i I feel you <laughs> um i, I get wh- I definitely get where you're coming from I mean I'm at the point now where I'm so open with the, with what i'm into the only thing where i'm like i have to kind of like dip my toes to see like am i allowed to talk about this or is this going to be weird is uh japanese anime i love anime <laughs> but like it, that one still kind of like it hasn't reached the point of yeah. like being able to like marvel or <laughs> yeah, yeah. or video games like you still kind of have to test hey, the waters I've
2: got, my anime shirt on there. I've got my attack on Titan t-shirt oh, i've got my i've got my
1: piccolo statue <laughs> oh,
2: wow. right next that's to me that's pretty cool That's cool. (laughs) No, do you know know what? I do love anime. It's still one of the things that I think about 10 years ago, I kind of went off the ball of I didn't really watch a lot of anime shows for a while. And then um, I I was flicking through Netflix and um, Death Note came on. Mm -hmm. and, And do you know what? I never watched a show so quickly in my life. And I'd still probably say Death Note is my favorite anime series of all time because it was just, as soon as you see the character like Yagami, you see this guy who, you oh, yeah. know, basically, the only thing about him is that he has a book that he can write someone's name in, and it kills him. And that seems like such a straightforward like, process, but it's one of the most intricate stories I've ever witnessed. Yeah, and yeah, the, you know, it's just fantastic.
1: Yeah, the way I, t- I tell people about um, um, Death Note is, listen, this is the story of a guy who could kill anyone on the planet with a book who is in theory, uncatchable being chased by the world's greatest detective. That's <laughs> it. That's my pitch for, for death note. And what, and what's heartbreaking to me about death note is that, um, uh, in, in 19- the early, t- in the early 2010s, in the early 2010s, there was a bidding war, over the live-action rights oh, of yes. Death Note yeah. between Game of Th- between um, HBO and Netflix, and Netflix ended up winning and made that terrible Death Note live-action movie. And I'm question. just thinking, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, man, after the what only,
2: only I was just gonna say, what do. after
1: after what HBO did with Game of Thrones and Peacemaker. And and in the upcoming The Last of Us, what they could have done with Death Note could have been so good.
2: Yeah. Not actually, I, I was gonna say, well, sorry, sorry, John, John, far in the film, yeah, I was just gonna say, Willem DeFoto in Death Note, um, actually, Joe, um, when he's voicing Ryuk.
1: That is fantastic. The guy, yes, that's the best part of that yeah. movie. Yeah, the guy that voices yeah. Ryuk is by far the best thing in the movie. Yeah, but what what, what I would've one would've
2: one loved, one would have yeah,
1: loved Yeah. What what I would have loved would have been cuz Netflix decided to do a movie, HBO wanted to do a mini series. A five oh, episode yeah. mini series on on Death Note and I think it would have been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
0: It would have been. So obviously you've talked about HBO and what they did with Game of Thrones and obviously you're into Game of Thrones. Now what are your views uh, i i'm assuming you've read the books as well
1: yeah i've i've read not just every book i've read those silly tomes that tell <laughs> you the life stories of every king of westeros it's i basically it read not, the game of thrones silmarillion
0: does it not oh me at the silmarillion i've read that like 3 times and stuff and it's still <laughs> one of those books that you just like you just got to get through but um do you, does it frustrate you that he hasn't finished the winds of winter yet do you just get
1: he's of- not going to he's yeah. not going to my theory is that he actually has no idea how to end this yeah and he just wants to die yeah, before yeah. before he, he <laughs> i i really think that he wants to end on some crazy he wants to remember be remembered as some like oh man like the work of art that was never finished like the, the Sistine Chapel, yeah. right? That was not properly finished. Oh, I think he thinks that way. I'm not saying that he is, because I yeah. really think that he doesn't know how to finish it. I just, and, but he, he wants to go out making everyone think, oh, what could have been?
0: Yeah, well, i will be the ultimate gotcha, wouldn't it? And that's what he likes doing. But it, it's sort of like, even if he gets the Winds of Winter, right? It's just like, it, it, what? The Dance of Dragons and Winds of Winter. Dance of Dragons was 2012? 11. 11 yeah 2011 yeah, so you're look at that's 10, 11 years uh if mm. he gets this out in the next couple of years there's no way he's going to be still alive for the song of and summer and there's
1: stu- and there's yeah yeah <laughs> there's still and, and there's rumors that they're splitting a song of summer into a, dr- it's a dream of spring and a song of summer oh, like there might be even two more oh, after man. the winds he's of winter it's
0: there's no way
1: the no way just no way this,
0: and the problem i have with this is uh i'm not sure what your views are i the series, like, I love the books, like, I, 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 you know, I was, i am always been a massive Lord of the Rings fan, I was like, nothing's gonna beat Lord of the Rings, like, there's no way, and then Game of Thrones came in, Um, you know, it was something that was completely new to me, because you had a series of books where they killed characters that you loved, like, I remember very vividly, I have mentioned it on this podcast numerous times, finding out about the Red Wedding and stuff, and my sister and my dad had, had read that book before me and they knew i was on that chapter and they just watched me read this thing and then my 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 life just fall apart when that happened and stuff and i remember when john the last uh, dancer dragons when john snow has his neck cut and I literally picked up and went, "Fuck this book!" <laughs> I threw it down. I was nah. just like, "How dare he do this to me again?" After the red wedding, I was just like, "Hi, hey, what the fuck?"
1: Matt, nah, I, 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 I'm, I'm not a big fan of reading, so I do audio books because yeah. I like to do things. Yeah. I was walking when I, when I listened. <laughs> I was walking to school when I listened to the Red Weddings. I had to stop at a park bench and just catch my breath because, <laughs> no, I, 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 dude, I it. I was like, "What the fuck? Happen? Did they just do what that? the fuck?" I literally rewinded. I'm like, "Did I misread that? Yeah. Because that that chapter is in the a point of view of Catelyn Stark, yeah. and it ends with Catelyn Stark getting her throat slit yeah, and, and, but like you." you you just like no do <laughs> no, this day i still like don't have it i, I haven't properly processed I the that, red right wedding true.
0: and that's what's beautiful about it and that's what's so beautiful it's like it makes you feel uncomfortable but it's like it's got me it's it's changed me now because i like now my books to have these sort of curveballs in it and stuff and like nobody's safe and like you know um, I'm actually gonna. I'm. I'm. I've gotten into my. I've got an um an Audible account now, so I listen to loads of audio stuff now, audio books mm-hmm. and things. Um, There's another series, by the Mm. way, um, a guy called uh, Joe Abercrombie does the first Law series, and there's a second, there's basically nine books. There's a first trilogy, three independent ones, and the second trilogy, which I'm currently listening to, you should give them very Game of Thrones-esque in that Mm. it's sort of, you think it's about sort of kind of heroes and stuff like that, but loads of fucked up shit happens and stuff, so, so good, worth a listen. But anyway, um, (laughs) they were so... The, the, when you're like reading it and I remember sort of going back and forth on the page and just kind of going like you said just having to go that that you know that just happened they literally just killed a bunch of really you know i love rob stark and then his mother and then i was just like holy shit. and then the and then they killed gray wind as well and i was just like no not gray winds yep.
1: <laughs> all, like, yeah. all hail the king in the north all hail the king in the north yeah. that quote yeah. where like for for those that don't know they decapitate gray wolf and rob stark and they sew the wolf's head oh, on man. rob stark's body really? and, and chant, all hail the king really? in the north that is grim
0: yeah that probably. is great yeah well to be honest when i thought bran was dead i wasn't too bothered i was just like oh well because uh, he he kind of bores me and stuff he fucking b- he well bored
1: me in the series as well i was just oh like, my oh, in man. the books there was in the books matt there was nothing worse then when I flip the page like Br- and it says Bran, fuck! <laughs>
0: oh, oh, it's yeah. a Bran oh, chapter. No, man. Yeah,
1: no, it's I'm just, with you. I'm with you.
0: Yeah, it was just so boring. I was just like, oh man, I just I want to be. I just want the best to be over and stuff. But like when you go into to the the series and stuff, first three series are amazing. Fourth, fifth, okay. When it gets on to, like after that, it's just I. The last series, I just, they're I, guessing. It was just like it was just like they got they made their money they they they, they what what annoys me the most about the series is the fact that you had these really complex books with complex situations geopolitical things going on. Um, with lots and lots of threads being pulled and stuff like that, and they tried to condense it into six or seven... I can't remember. How many... What was the last series? How many episodes?
2: Six, six, six episodes, episodes. Six episodes. Into six season, episodes,
0: and they just kind of went, right, so we're just going to finish all these things off, and it was yep. just like, you can't... Why would you do that? You had so much more material to make that sort of... Like, mm. the ending bar bran being diplomatically sort of not diplomatic being um tur you know uh democratically turned
1: into king i was like fuck that what it's the dumbest shit ever yeah, let so... me put it into context for you let me put because i've had this argument with people <laughs> all right who should be king well we should go with bran because he has the best story he has Tyrion, yeah. you had to kill your father <laughs> you were smuggled to the other side of the world where you had to you 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 had to be the hand of the king to a Targaryen. You've seen dragons. You you've had a pretty interesting story, I'd say. Yeah. Anyone else has had a pretty interesting story. What a dumb way to elect somebody! I look. I'm so upset with the show that all I have, all I'm clinging on is the books. Yeah, that's the amazing, books. That's the books. Still have my favorite character alive, which I to this day believe is the rightful king and heir of Westeros my lord uh stannis baratheon Ooh. um he i i will i will die on that hill that stannis baratheon should come out as king in the north as king of Westeros but i digress um there's so many there's still so much meat left in the books Thanks that man. i'm hoping that george r r martin looks at the show and at the very least understands what not to do yeah because yeah. he could do anything else yeah. and it'll be better um-
2: yeah, I, uh, do, do, Matt, do you remember, and this was up until the end of, I think, the end of the um, seventh, no, end of seventh season, you kept saying about one certain character yeah. that you thought was going to be... Yeah, and that was so character. upsetting. Oh, right.
0: Of- right, so I I, I, because I did sort of, it actually got quite a fair bit of traction, I did a lot of sort of kind of theory, things like that, so I had a theory about how it was going to end, and it was basically... Um, It was basically Littlefinger was going to be, because in the books, Littlefinger is the puppet master. He literally, mm-hmm. everything happens because he has made it happen effectively. As a character, he's amazing. It's just like, he is the epitome of what, if you think historically and stuff like that, the people, he's very Machiavellian, you know, these are the sort of guys who made, the you know, who who did stuff. They're the ones who pulled the strings. And for the, him to get unceremoniously killed, um, uh, you know, just because you know uh, we need to sort of cut this thread and stuff, I was like, "Fuck that, man!" It's just like, yeah, as,
1: <laughs> as if we're as if we're supposed to believe that he got outsmarted by the Starks, who've been getting bamboozled
2: yeah. for the past decade yeah, nah, nah, by that. everyone. Yeah, exactly. And
0: um, <laughs> see, my sort of my theory, and it, com- it completely died because he got killed. But basically, I had this sort of view that as a character, as as the character. He would basically manipulate everything. You would have John, maybe John and and, and Danny, they'd sort of um they get together. I was right about that. Then they'd sort of um fight the um, you know, is he a Zora High and stuff like that? Is was he the chosen one? Blah blah blah. Maybe he'd have to sort of kill kill Danny because you have to sort of kinda of plunge the sword into a a heart of fire and blah blah blah, all this mm-hmm. other stuff but um all the stuff that didn't matter in the show yeah, I know which didn't matter in the show they completely ignored it all and stuff little griff's not in there there's loads of stuff that they sort of kind of you know they've completely ignored um but he uh i thought right so right the beat the white walkers maybe you're the, what the end scene is going to be or the last episode's going to basically be you're going to have like john's maybe john sacrificed himself um or maybe danny sacrificed himself so one of them is on the throne um and little finger basically just turns around and kills him and the last scene and I, I thought this would, would be a perfect ending the last scene and I was talking to Finn Jones and Daniel Portman at a convention about this so I did an interview them I said look the last scene is basically Littlefinger on the Iron Throne you're going to have it the, the camera panning out and he's going to be looking down and then literally he's going to look up and then it's just going to be seen and the, the game of thrones music is going to hit in and it's just going to be him on on the iron throne and i was like that should have been the ending i complete the, the internet would have exploded and literally the it it wouldn't have had that bad taste people have been arguing about it people have been sort of like oh my god that was an amazing ending as it is it was just it petered out into this sort of dank squib of a horrible what the fuck happens. And it, it's put a bad taste in my mouth. And so it of upsets me now that if he doesn't finishes the books, if he doesn't finishes the books, then I'm going to be left with that yeah. legacy.
1: Let me, let me tell you how I envisioned the, uh, the, the series and the books ending. I actually envisioned it with Stannis Baratheon, um, so the concept of Stannis Baratheon is that he's the king that no one wants, but the king that everyone needs. That's, yes. that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. the thread of Stannis Baratheon because yeah, yeah. he's the one that's made the decision of, I'm not going to try and win the kingdom. I'm going to save the kingdom and earn it. That's why he goes to the North, fight the wildlings, etc. cetera. My theory was that he was going to be the one that was forced to try and get the houses together to try and fight the White Walkers, and no one listens, no one bands together, I really genuinely believe that the show was going to end with the White Walkers just winning and starting the long night all over again because the long night was a thing that's happened multiple times in Game of Thrones lore. I thought this was the beginning of the long night and it was literally going to end with everyone dying. That's it. And I'm not sure if that's a good ending, a bad ending. I'm just saying I could write something better than what they wrote better, than, better than what it's so dumb yeah what think, we I, had was was so terrible
0: danny i think danny turning fucking psycho wasn't bad i think but the thing is i and you could it had to be slower yeah you had to have a slower progression from basically because you could tell there was little bits of her sort of kind of you could see maybe there was a bit of an edge to her. And if they had even another series where they sort of ev- ev- developed that into it, then, you know, and that was my problem. It was so rushed at the end that they literally cut out certain things. The battle of Westeros mm-hmm. is, is, you know, as a military, military historian it is an absolute travesty of a thing. It's just like, you know, just firing off all the, uh, the mm-hmm. and, you know, cavalry charge into nothingness, like no military mm-hmm. general would ever, ever do something so stupid. But, um, you know the whole the series as much as it had some good parts it was just it just left a really bad taste in my mouth and it just made me think i just wanted the books more but part of me sort of feels slightly like it's tainted and it annoys me that he doesn't sort of it's not done yet and i understand that if you, you can't force yourself you can't force somebody to write something and stuff and you know but it, it's like he's 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 enfranchised so many people into this world of his and it's yeah. like it feels like he doesn't care anymore i've made the money you no know? i i don't <laughs> care i know and I, it upsets me man because it's like if he dies and he doesn't finish those books um yeah. i don't know what i'm gonna do
1: now matt you you kind of hit on hinted on something that is the reason part of the reason why i probably will never rewatch game of thrones um i feel insulted by the game of thrones show um, because. I'm not saying that like it had to follow the books one for one because the first 3 seasons they didn't either. Like there were some things that were different um and some things that they expanded on in the show's more than they did in the books. Like um but the reason why it's so problematic, it's insulting because they made you care about a lot of things in the show yep. that ended up being fucking meaningless. Exactly. Right? They they got you invested I'm okay to be invested in something and then get heartbroken. Red wedding is a perfect example, right? But I'm not okay with getting invested in something and then it just getting tossed by the wayside. Little fingers, a fantastic example yep. is a great example of getting invested, being fo- not forced, but like being, um, Getting put something put in front of you in such a prominent role as was Littlefinger, and then basically at the end being told that <laughs> it didn't fucking matter. Everything that he did, every string that he pulled, everything that you thought he could do, it, it's just, you know what? It was meaningless and pointless. And you're an idiot for thinking otherwise. It's
0: it's laziness hmm. and it's um it, it was basically they were just like uh we're you know uh it's costing too much money you know we're there was just there was no forethought thinking about it you know they they've literally kind of gone oh we can make money off this and then they've they just kind of got their money and left and they didn't really give a shit about there's that meme of the basically the drawing of the horse and it's basically it's beautiful at the start and then they literally stick figure legs at the end and and it's so apt because it's so true they just did not give a flying fuck well the the,
1: what ended up happening was like you know they were making their game of thrones money but then the two showrunners, um DBYs nice, and yeah. something, yeah, then they just got tossed all that Star Wars money to make episode seven. And they're like, okay, well, we're gonna rush this and we're gonna go make Star Wars now because we're moving from one project to the next. And it's so unfortunate because if you're willing to do that, it just meant that you really weren't all that into into, into really creating something special for people. You were really there to create you know, a show and make your money. Which, like, whatever. Like, that's your prerogative. Like, make your money. But, like, fuck, you made me care too much about this, and then you yeah, you pull the rug underneath from me. And the only thing that I have now is the books, which I don't think are going to get finished.
0: Yeah, that's it. It just doesn't. Unless he sat and he he sat on the both books or three books, as you said. It, it's been it's made, potentially being split into the second one's being split into another one. There's no way, there is no way, bearing in mind how long it takes him to write a book that he's finished in that series. There's no way. He's not oh, the healthiest chap in, in the world, is he? In, in
1: in theory, that's 30 more years of yeah. writing, in theory, potentially. Does he have 30? <laughs> I mean, unless he's, he's immortal, uh, I really don't think so.
0: Yeah, and then it's just going to, it's just, you know... I, I,
1: like I understand like I hate
0: being forced to do things and I can't write anything even for like the website or for work or anything I, I need to be in a in a place to sort of kind of do that and so I understand if people are putting pressure on you that you can't do your best sort of writing and I understand creative writing and stuff it's hard it's a hard thing to do so You know, like ten years, man, eleven years. Even if he did a little bit now and again, and he keeps on writing sort of little side things. You know, Duncan and the Egg, and all these other, all these other little sort of things that are going on. He's like, come on, man, this is. There's so many fans who. Adore your books, and they just want you to finish the series to put the bed, the ghost, the evil that was the series. They just want you to fin- you know, to basically do it properly, give us the ending we deserve instead of whatever the fuck that was at the <laughs> end, man. And it's just, it's a the series is upsetting because it was so good, and then it just petered out. Yeah, and it
1: there I the. I've been burned twice now by television series that I love to, to this day right now, I will say that I think the greatest TV show of all time is breaking bad. might disagree or disagree. Uh, I think it's the greatest television show of all time. Um, Before that, I was very much into a TV show called Dexter. Oh, I love Dexter. Yeah. yeah. First three series. Dexter, Dexter, you know, you can make the argument that the last three season series, they weren't the best, but they weren't bad. They weren't absolutely not bad. Dexter was genuinely killed by the last episode. (laughs) By the last episode, killed all of Dexter for you. And I'm not exaggerating. Dexter grabs a boat, goes into a hurricane, and becomes a lumberjack. Did I make that up? I didn't. That's exactly what happens (laughs) at the very end of Dexter. I I might be saying it in a way that's very fast, but that's exactly what happens. That taught me to never call a show the greatest show of all time until credits roll on the last fucking episode.
2: Did you? That, did you watch, that's what it's taught me. Yeah. Did you watch the, the, um, the, the, the revival series? Yup, and it did series. the same
1: fucking thing. It was great. And then the last episode, I mean, to me, I'm, I, I'm not going to spoil it maybe because it's a fairly recent wow. show. Um,
2: the ending, episode, I'm not a fan you, of it. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the, the, that series. I was getting quite into it. Yeah. But then that last episode was just like, um, hmm, okay, so how can we put an end to this but still spit in the face of everyone that's yeah. gone back JoJo. to this afternoon
1: I I literally screamed at my television. I, I literally screamed at my <laughs> TV. Again? You're doing this to me again? Because it's 10 years apart and they fucking did it to me again. Since Dexter, I've now... I wholeheartedly will never call a show the greatest show of all time until the very last episode. Mm. And I kept, people are like, oh, do you think Game of Thrones is the best show of all time? It's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting, and then it's not, but Dexter taught me do not call a show the best show of all time until the final episode. That's why I think Breaking Bad is the greatest show of all time because from the ending, it's Mm. cherry on top. You can make the arguments of like, it wasn't the best ending or whatever, but it didn't ruin the fucking show yeah there's, no. few,
0: there's a, ah. there, it's ending series especially good ones it's hard like the one that that hurts me mm-hmm. as well is Battlestar galactica um like the last two seasons were absolute dog shit the last season uh, and the last episode especially was just like what the fuck were you guys thinking it was just like that was just so <laughs> upsetting because the first three seasons were absolutely amazing and then it just goes the I don't know. They just kind of pulled it out of their arse and it was an a a nightmare. But um you know, it it's it's hard. Like have you, have you watched The Expanse? Have you watched The Expanse at all?
1: No, I've read part of the Expanse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have not watched it. I'm conv- I it's confusing to me because I don't know like where to begin because isn't it like wasn't it originally like I'm a not, TV not- series and then now it's on now it's an Amazon show. I thought I, it, it's like all over the place. So, I so wasn't sure. It was
0: originally an RPG, um, an, like a, a pen and paper RPG. Uh, then they sort of made, uh, they wrote some books based on that, um, which are, I've not read them, but apparently they're really good. And then they started making a series. Now, this is the reason I didn't start watching it, because it was on sci-fi. And I was like, oh, it's going to be like Space Sharknado or something like that. It's just going to be super mm. naff. I am just, just not into that and stuff. And then, like, these guys, uh, Pete and stuff, were like, man, you need to watch Expanse. It's, like, the best sci-fi you're going to have watched in in a long time. I was like, nah, man, you know, what? no. And then it was just, it, it moved the Amazon, and they had five seasons. Now, it's, it's just finished its sixth season and last season. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'll give it a go. And honestly, man, it is, it is the best sci-fi series that has been on TV in a very long time. It's, it's amazing. Cool. It's so good. And the last season... Isn't perfect, but it sort of does it justice. It's not a bad ending, and they they kind of, if you've read the books, apparently there's certain things which they don't sort of kind of bring into it, but it's not so egregious that it, it's upset sort of uh, book readers and stuff like that. But it is seriously man, just the way it scientifically quite sort of plausible as well. So they do a lot of stuff, uh, which is sort of uh, the physics behind it all. Like you know when the inertia. So basically when they do a when a ship. Um, moves, when it starts, so it wants to stop, it turns around and reverses and puts its thrusters on because obviously the inertia is always We're going to make you move forward, so it needs to it needs to slow it down. So they come into the planets reversing all the sort of kind of space battles, which some of them are absolutely outstanding, superb space battles and stuff, you know, with real guns and stuff like that. So good. So definitely, if you ever get a chance, man, it's on Amazon. Give it a watch. Um, mm. You know, it, it, it is some of the best sci-fi you're going to see. Um, at the minute, it's 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 so good, and the last season, um, is 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 good. It's it wasn't perfect because they they had to condense it into six uh, six episodes, but it is really good, and it's got some really really good characters as well. Characters you can kind of get behind, and um, yeah, they do it very well.
1: So- no, I'm I'm definitely in. Um, I've been. Br- I, I'm waiting for the boys to finish on Amazon. Oh. I don't know if, if if you guys are watching oh, that. Mate, mate. Um, I'm, I'm not one of those people. I can't get into too many TV shows at the same time because yeah. I have so much going on. So I like to okay. I'm watching the boys. It comes out weekly. That's what I'm into right now. <laughs> what does um think of the last episode?
0: The last I haven't episode watched worked. number four. Uh, have I
1: haven't f- watched four. I've w- watched the I've watched the first three. Okay, four. I'm watching it tonight. One,
0: termite. All right. anybody. By the way, if anybody's not watched this, by the Ooh. way. Um, Spoilers, so uh, yeah, stop listening or whatever. dude,
1: whatever, I, dude. I love the show because, <laughs> like, because it. This is literally the meme of Ant Man can defeat Thanos by going into his yes! ass, right? It yeah, literally, yeah. literally was, it was that. Exactly
0: that. I laughed my ass off, man. I was like, that is the coolest thing, and that's why I love about it. It's so on and, and homelander man what an amazing bad guy like it's just so
1: brilliant yeah brilliant so bad, bad guy yeah amazing yeah just like yeah so the boys bad. is absolutely fantastic i i turned it on like basically by accident it was i was watching something on amazon prime and then it did like the watch the next thing because my season ended and it started playing the boys so I said, oh, okay cool um so that's how i got into the boys but what a phenomenal show just in, in and <laughs> what's funny about like There's no redeemable characters in the boys even the good guys are just giant pieces of trash <laughs> to the point where like the one good guy um oh my goodness what's his name uh, every episode gets covered in guts i can't remember his name um, um
0: huey. huey
1: huey i wanted to say billy huey uh even huey like he's the moral compass of the show is just always forced to go dark in order to get shit done and that's mm. what happens at the end of episode one when he realizes that all of this stuff that he's been doing to fight vaught the clean way has all been bullshit that he's got to do it butch's way
0: oh butcher what an amazing character butcher is as well just you know it's the thing is it's just real it's like if there was superheroes you would think that's what they would you know if you're a hundred percent if that you're god you're gonna take
1: advantage of that shit aren't you you're gonna do stuff like that if i was if i had the ability to become ant-man and i liked cocaine you don't think that i'm gonna become (laughs) little and going to an entire bag of cocaine 100 i would that's exactly what these depraved man. superheroes would do 100
0: oh, and as soon as he went in that man and like john joe was saying before john joe was saying before we uh we came on that they apparently made the set they made a, a, a full penis set inside a penis set for it and i was just like i knew what was going to happen i was like I, I i could see this coming a mile away but it still made me literally just lol whenever
1: it happened. Oh, I so good and his blood-curdling scream as he's staring down at this mess oh yeah no that show is absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant Mm -hmm. um Um, have you
0: watched uh, have you watched uh kenobi at all
1: no, I've been saving Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the same in the UK, but it comes out episode by episode here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, okay, all right. So I'm wait for Kenobi because I'm watching the boys right now. I'm waiting for it to all come out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm a Star Wars enjoyer. I'm not a Star Wars fan oh, okay. in the in the sense where I've watched everything, but where I've watched all the movies. Um, I've watched Clone Wars, but I'm not like diehard yeah, yeah, for yeah. for Star Wars. I think that it has a ton of flaws and. And its fan base can be incredibly annoying as i'm sure you y'all you, you probably know
2: <laughs> yes
1: what what i was gonna say is my problem with star wars fans is that i don't think they realize it but they are gatekeepers mm-hmm. they make it really difficult for people to get into star wars um and i'll give you like the example of kenobi where like there is, there's this all of this backlash about like how Kenobi met Leia. So I already know about that. I already know about that. Uh, and there's all of this backlash. Well, well, if that happened, then the hologram that she would have left in ep- in in Episode Four would have said, "Kenobi, we've met before. When I was a little girl." It's just like, really, that's where you're drawing the line on on canon you think that this is ruining the canon of star wars because he met a girl princess leia who probably when she grew up doesn't remember who the hell kenobi is it's stupid and i think those arguments make it really difficult for other fans to when they're on the outside looking in to want to make the investment into learning the full lore of star wars which has such a rich lore um because there's just they're so gatekeeperish on the internet with it
0: yeah that's that's the one thing that that, that nerds in general have a lot of is this sort of um it, it can be bullies and bearing in mind people who were probably bullied quite a lot in their lives um re- resorting to similar tactics because somebody doesn't agree with you about something you love and it's not something that sits right well with me. Like, I, I could be very passionate about stuff. Um, I mean, I'm massively into Lord of the Rings, massively into Game of Thrones and, and Star Wars and stuff like that. I'm very passionate about, sort of, we've had many arguments on this podcast about how Rogue One is one of the best Star Wars films ever, and, you Agreed. know, I can very much, sort of, kind of, you know, will fight with uh, to my dying day about, about that film. But if, in the end... It is what it is i I even say that the the prequel series are underrated. i've said I've said it forever and i I've said it for years that yeah. the, it was underrated there obviously were certain parts in it which weren't great, but I've never sort of been so down on it to the point where you know it's yeah. it's being bullying and you've got the, the it affected i can't remember the name is what was the actor called who played uh young Anakin.
1: Um, yes i know exactly who you're talking about yeah well, and like well, Jack, he, he Jack just,
0: yeah and he you know it, it ruined his like there's a the whole thing about you know don't do the same thing to the little girl who's playing leia at the minute that you did to the little boy who's play who played anakin because it ruined his life and it's just like and and mm. that stuff like that happens they get so sort of ru- wound up by their own sort of their own sort of you know, uh, 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 excuse me. Uh, I think you'll find that, uh, and it's like, fuck off, man. It's just like it's make believe. <laughs> it's 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 meant to be for kids. It it's sort of for everybody's enjoyment, and you're you're killing that by being too gatekeeperish. It annoys me. I like having a debate about stuff, but I'll never gatekeep. You know, I'm very. You know, if people want to have views on things, that's very much up to them. But yeah, 100%. Star Wars fans are, yeah. are, are
1: are 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 very. Yeah, I, I can see exactly. Look, the, the way I see it is, so I, I do boxing. Yeah. Um, and whenever a new kid comes in and wants to learn boxing and we get in the ring to spar, do you think I'm beating the crap out of him? No. Uh, there's there's a saying that we have in combat sports. Uh, don't break your new toys, right? Um, This is the new guy that's coming in who is going to be your sparring partner for years and years, potentially. If you turn him away, by beating the crap out of him early on, he's never gonna come back. You've broken your new toy, and now you don't have a another partner to spar with, right? Um, and I think that is problematic of some geek culture as well, where there's a I'll tell you we can go back to wrestling, like new, especially like in the 2010s, uh younger kids being like John Cena's the greatest of all time, and then some 50 year old that is just such a traditionalist is just like you fucking stupid 14 year old learn your history do you know hulk hogan (laughs) do you even know stone cold read your wrestling history you idiots like yo he's 14 and he just likes john cena leave him alone it's the same with the prequel series i grew up with the prequel series actually i'm a 90s kid so like that was the zeitgeist—the yeah. episodes one, two, and three. So th- that's how I got into Star Wars. Um, yeah, but and I—I, I, it's part of the reason why I'm not a Star Wars like fan because it's unlike Game of Thrones, where you can get into like really serious discussions with people, um, and if it it doesn't get heated beyond the which house should be royalty, who yeah. should come out as king. But Star Wars can get mean. Like, you like the prequel series? are you stupid? George, R. Like, B like, what? I've never what? understood that. And my, my, my reasoning
0: for that. And I was, I remember like I was, I was writing an article in the defense of George Lucas, um, many 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 years ago because i've i you know i think has some of the best but lightsaber battles in sort of fights in in any oh, of the yeah. in any of the films darth maul is one of the best bad guys oh yeah um so, you know it, it's just sort of you know i didn't you know i i grew up in the original trilogy um it, it, sort of in the 80s um but i you know, i love star wars as a whole and i never understood as much as i didn't really like the Gungans and i, I wasn't a massive fan of some of the acting and stuff if you think about it Ewoks are fucking ridiculous. Like, what the hell? You've got a bunch of furry bears, teddy bears, that have destroyed an elite sort of, you know imperial unit uh, on a planet it's just like that bollocks and stuff but you love it and it's the same with the gungans and stuff you know it's a similar yeah. sort of thing it's just down because we were brought up in the 80s so it's okay to have teddy bears running around and sort of you know poking things with sticks but when you've got animated sort of kind of you know lizard men and stuff like that then it that's that's ridiculous why would you would you oh. have that and stuff and you can now see that because people of your generation are now um older and they can express their views on it that the prequels are getting more of a hearing and stuff like people are starting to appreciate it more because the younger generation at that time who were brought up on the prequel series can voice their views on it and they say you know you know what it wasn't that bad it's just because you assholes who were into the original trilogy were gatekeeping and it's not that bad
2: yeah i think a lot of people just don't think as well when you look at the prequel trilogy I mean, especially you look at episode one now, that was in 1999. The special effects in 80, 90 percent of that movie hold up still fantastically well. Even if you look at stuff like Jar Jar Binks, you know, that was a motion capture character in 1999. I mean, we got films that are even coming out now that, you know, you do a mocap character. They still look rough as hell. But that was that was almost seamless. You know, not just that. CGI backgrounds for the majority of the films, um, you know, and look at all the tweaks that have happened in between. Even Yoda, look, yeah, Yoda in Episode Two and Three, just this animated character, and on screen he just looks brilliant. You know, he's fight with Dooku in Episode Two. I, I still love that. I think I that's think a they overdid the battle.
0: CGI. I appreciate a lot of it was groundbreaking. A lot of it was stuff that, you know, they, they were, they were using because it was new and stuff. But I think, I think one of the, my issues with the series is more the fact that, and they, they kind of, did this with the 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 sequels? Um, is like all the the tangible physical props and 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 things and stuff they didn't use as much as that, and so it was a big change. You've got the suddenly loads of CGI. It was one thing that annoyed me about the Hobbit when you had Lord of the Rings films with oh, these the amazing was sort of like um you know miniatures or bigatures as they were and stuff, and it was like physical, it was tangible, and then suddenly you had the Hobbit, which was just like CGI
2: all over the place, and I was just like, yeah. I, I'm not really I. Yeah, i can't even bear to re-watch the hobbit trilogy i watched it all the way through because um i was intrigued because i thought maybe you know stretching one book into three might not be too bad if they actually make it engaging but it wasn't you know it was just it was just fucking boring even even the last film the battle of the five armies it was like you got one hour of like you know this massive spectacular and it's like all right, we're just going to drag out the last hour and a half now to do yeah, they did. nothing. It shouldn't have been three it films. Just, it,
0: it should have been either a long single film or two at most and stuff. Uh, but Could have worked with two.
2: Yeah, it could have worked. It could have worked they, on they two. Some of the exposition yeah.
0: I actually didn't mind, but it was just sort of – it's. it was a kid's book. There's not a lot of depth. It's not Lord of the Rings. It's definitely not The Cimmerillion. Um, I'm kind of hoping the, series, the new series kind of – ties in with a lot of the darker things that similarly really didn't have and stuck with some really dark stuff in there but mm.
1: um now what, what do you got what do you think about the the backlash of like the dwarf queen not having a beard and there being a black elf and people getting upset <laughs> Dude, so, it's like man. really it, in this universe your what your line in the sand is a fucking dwarf not having a that that is what triggers you, or there being a black elf. Are you an elf? Are you an an expert of elves? Do you live with elves? No, they're a fucking fictional character f- figure fictional There could totally characters. be a black elf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, it I just, definitely...
0: I, 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 and it really annoys me when people start throwing race and stuff in the sort of um into fic- into fantasy, especially and stuff. It's like it's fantasy. It's whatever you you know. It, it's just it it it, ups- it annoys me and um. Yeah, uh, I've seen a lot. There's a guy. There's a guy on TikTok um, who does Lord of the Rings facts. Uh, what's his call? What's he called? But yeah, he had a load of guys sort of kind of like kicking off with him and stuff because of that. You know, he's like, oh, you've got a, you've got a black, you've got a black dwarf and stuff. It's like, fuck off, man. That's just like, yeah, i just who cares? <laughs> yeah, he care. Who cares? <laughs> it's 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 you know, it, it's it doesn't matter, and it, yeah, it, it's stuff like that that really that gate that sort of gatekeeping that really um what's the word um oh, i can't think of the word uh toxic toxic gatekeeping mm-hmm. and stuff and it's just like
2: joe I, uh. you know, I still think one of my favorite um things and this was going on for years um people used to moan about jurassic park about the accuracy of the dinosaurs oh, yeah. and you know people I, and i know people especially um when like you know going through college in particular. Um there was a bit of a resurgence when they were coming out on DVD and Blu-ray and people were rediscovering them. And I remember my um my one of my tutors at college actually really had a big moan at Jurassic Park saying, Well, well, this dinosaur definitely shouldn't like this. The most dinosaurs had feathers and all this shit. And I remember when Jurassic World came out, the what the, the one line that um BD Wong's character had is, Well, well, we can make the dinosaurs look and be however we want them to be isn't that more exciting yeah i think that's brilliant that's a great example of saying well hang on we're going to address a 22 year old um, moan from some of these um fanboys and just go well we made them exciting isn't that (laughs) better than having some boring shit dinosaur that you're gonna moan about anyway uh
0: right um i feel like i feel like we could carry on talking forever here, um, but I'm very mindful that we're going to take up more of your time, something. So uh, maybe we'll move on to our our, our last section, and then uh, you, you, we can uh, mm. let you get, go about your life. Um, so... <laughs> It's a section you know very well, and it's not a section that we stole from you in any way, shape or form. No, 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 uh,
1: not at all. No.
2: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but, okay, so for, uh, you know, we, we've been doing this quite regularly now. I, I, we quite enjoy it. We unfortunately don't get as much attention for ours as as you do for yours. Um, there are obviously, you know, more people into the wrestling or something. But, uh, um we basically pick a franchise. It can be whatever franchise you want. Um, it can be, you just name the franchise and then we Game have- Game of Thrones. Say, yeah, okay, Game of Thrones. Let's I put it gonna, to the test. I was going to do Game of Thrones for you. I was, Actually, I'm going to do a wrestling one for you. Sure. Because, uh, just because I feel like I have to, um, and then uh, we'll each we'll each do uh, another one uh, of our of our choice and stuff. So we've got some TikTok material. <laughs> Let's um, do it. Okay. So I'm going to do this first one. Now, bear in mind my wrestling knowledge is minimal, but I'm not sure if you've had this guy on your thing not
1: So okay,
0: all right. Okay. Uh, you
1: better you better have their Wikipedia. Up. <laughs> I do. I do. I've got I've got, I've got the Wikipedia. Up
0: just the off chance,
1: right? Okay. Oh. So.
0: All right, Santa I'm going to do this. I've been waiting to do this for ages. All right, Santi. Name the wrestler,
1: 60 seconds, go. Are they active right now in wrestling? No. Okay. Uh, are they alive? Uh, no. Okay. Male? Yes. Okay. Um, Were they active in the 90s in wrestling? Yes. In the 2000s in wrestling?
0: Very, like, up to 2001-ish. Okay. Yeah
1: okay um a former world champion in the wwf wwe no never held a a world title no okay did they ever go to wcw yes um okay um did they pass away into in in 2001 ish
0: um he uh died in 2007
1: 2007 um hmm
2: Are they in the WWE Hall of Fame? Not that I know of. Okay. A former Intercontinental Champion. No. Okay, so
0: one more question, and then I guess. um, So, yeah. uh...
1: Let me think here. Were they ever part of a professional wrestling stable?
2: I don't think so, no.
1: Okay. You have stumped me, sir. Okay, so if they passed away... That's the biggest hint that I have. I'm trying to think. 2007.
0: I'll, um, I'll give you a hint. Um, okay. He, he was... Uh, he had a feud with... Uh, he, he's on and off. He had a feud with my favorite wrestler of all time.
1: Okay. Is this... Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, no, because he was an intercontinental yeah, champion. Yeah. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow, good one. Yeah. We have not yeah. done Bam Bam. Bigalow. Yeah. I was
0: like, I was, like, I think like, I
1: haven't done Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> yeah. We I, have not when, done Bam Bam yet. When he,
0: um, when he came to, uh, Belfast, Bret the Hitman Hart fought Bam Bam Bigelow, and I was just like, they've not done Bam Bam Bigelow, so I'll- we have not done <laughs> Bam Bam. No. So there you go. Good he one. No, that's a good line. one. There you go, John. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I, there
2: was no way I was even going to ch- try and challenge on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay,
0: so I'll, I've got a Game of Thrones one for you then. Um, okay, I, all right. Not, I have no idea what kind of questions to ask here, so I'm going to, okay. let's see, let's see. Okay, so um, Game of Thrones, uh, 60 seconds, uh, go.
1: Are they Westerosi? Um, yes. Okay, um, are they male? Yes, are they from a noble house? Yes, are they from a house in the north? Yes, uh, a Stark.
2: Um, yes, did I dodge in the series? Um, you don't see them die. Oh, are they are
1: are they a Stark? You said you said they that. Are,
2: well well
1: okay say, is this rickard Carr stark sorry sitting in? is this rickard stark it is not rickard stark okay it. no um, it's a male a stark <sighs> he's not he might not be a stark anymore
0: there's a clue for you okay one more guess oh and one more sorry, one more question and then you can have a guess I'll give you another sure, girl, you uh, can so ask I can it. give you a hint um oh this then probably too okay, he was uh his he, oh no, this might be a, too much of a hint for you uh let's just say he used to be a member of the uh of the night's watch oh oh Benjen Stark! Oh. it isn't Benjen Stark.
2: what oh, that's what i was gonna say cold hands. Ah in the show we don't know in the book yet
1: Yeah, no that's fair. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. There you go. Okay. Darn, I see why you why you struggled with Westerosi. Yeah, it's just
0: like uh, is he, <laughs> uh, technically, yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay. Um John-Ju, what's yours?
2: I'm gonna go with a character from the boys. Oh, interesting. Okay, so as we've all watched it, we can do this one.
0: Okay, so the boys, sixty seconds,
2: go. Are they male? They are male. Are they a soup? Yes. Um, Are they? Hmm. God, I'm trying to think. Right, are they part of the seven?
1: Yes. Former part of the seven? Yes. Is this translucent? Oh, Let's go! Oh,
2: 31 <laughs> seconds. What a guess. I was, not to say well, so I was trying not to say former member, but then you went straight into that. It's like, yeah, I've got to say it's a former member. That was, um, your hesitation,
1: I had to say, I was like, this yeah. is. <laughs> there's a there's an asterisk too. are they a member of the seven so i had to figure out what that oh. was
2: oh man okay uh,
0: all right Santi, give us one of yours
1: okay um hmm kind of think of a of something we've all watched that we all have good expertise in you know what i think if we do it for TikTok because it's just out right now, it'll help you guys with the views. Let's go the boys again.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Let's go oh. the boys. Okay. So uh, the boys, sixty seconds. Go. Okay.
2: Male uh, or female?
1: Depends.
2: Oh, oh, I, oh, I know who it is. I just can't remember the
0: name. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh no. Does he? Does he? <laughs> Um, does he, does he shapeshift? No. Oh, okay. Maybe it's not the person I'm thinking of.
2: Are they a member of the Seventh? Yes. Oh. Oh, um, uh, what's his name? The Black, the, the Black... Black Noir? Black Noir. No. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. oh, God. That's very different origins, that one. Um, um oh. I'm, I'm, wait Are minute. they, are they dead in the series?
1: Yes. Uh, here, Here's a hint. They are dead in both the books, excuse me, in both the comics and the show.
2: Fuck. Uh,
0: okay, one more guess. <laughs> uh, one more question and then a guess. Uh, okay, sure. so we've got male-ish, or male or female, depends. Depends. Uh, formerly Ooh. in The Seven, dead in the books on the series.
2: Um oh god Oh la- la- I was just about to say lamplighter, but that's not really a not
1: lamplighter. Uh,
2: no. No, because I was gonna say that's not really um a tricky male or female one. Um Fuck I don't okay. know. Okay.
1: Alright, I think I'm, I, I'm... I I think I stumped you guys. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so the reason it was either or was because in the comics it was a male. In the show it was a female. It's oh, Stormfront. Stormfront.
0: Ah, very good. Cool. All cool. right. Of
2: course. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh. Yeah.
0: All
2: right. That that was a good one.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Um,
2: Thank you. The only thing I was thinking was because of um Black Noir in the comics, because obviously the TV show is kind of established a different origin, yep. him, but in the comics, he is a um, Homelander clone. Yep. Oh, course, Trees, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, really? very, very weird. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, that was
0: good. Like, I honestly feel like we could talk to you for ages, man. It's been, uh, it's been amazing. But, um it's yeah, we're virgin verging on two two hours now after saying it was only gonna be an hour and a half. And stuff's so a very vigorous uh uh nerdery going on. But really appreciate your time. Uh do you want to say what you uh, about your podcast about um your your streaming and stuff, just let people know about Yeah,
1: that. absolutely. Uh I'll plug uh our podcast. So uh you can find us on any uh podcast services around the globe. Uh, our podcast name is straight Shooter Wrestling Podcast. We're available uh on YouTube if you want to watch a video version. Of the podcast or on TikTok, straight shoot. My own personal page on Twitch is called Santi's app. I stream there six nights a week if you want to come over at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and we can talk about whatever you want. My, I'm a, I'm a, when it comes to geek culture and what I can talk about, I would say with the exception of Game of Thrones, I am a um jack of all trades, master of none. So I can talk about everything, but not yeah, everything yeah, yeah. so deeply.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but man it's been an absolute pleasure really enjoyed it enjoyed tonight thanks a lot for uh taking some time for us uh i really appreciate it um for tonight i've been matt geary with me has been john joe Cosgrove.
2: take care everybody i'll see you soon take
1: care everybody thanks for having me